Hey traders, welcome to another Performante podcast. We're on episode 28. Thank you again for tuning in to our daily podcast for December. In this podcast, we got uh, news from a little bit of different sources. We got uh, some stuff to talk about that's not directly associated with one topic, but uh, we're going to start off looking at the dollar. We're going to talk a little bit about local BTC or local Bitcoin. And then there's some interesting news about Trump, which I thought to be quite interesting. So uh, we'll take a deep dive in that. And then we're going to finish off with a little bit of uh, some ledger information, talking about the phishing scams and some information on Grayscale and another uh, investment firm. So got a jam-packed podcast here for you, and I'm, not, I'm now going to pass it on to Nathan. Hey, everyone. Buckle up for the 28th episode of the Performante podcast. Just jumping right into it, we got some uh, statistics coming out of the M1 money stock that in 10 months, it has expanded 35%. M1 stock is a little bit technically different than M2 stock, just in terms of the value that it counts when it is looking at this statistic, but just looking at uh, basically a curve of the expansion, steady increase, steady increase, early 2020, just absolute uptrend, skyrocket in the amount of money in the market. Uh, And one interesting statistic highlighted on this article is that 40% of Americans do not have $400 in the bank for emergency expenses. People are strapped for cash, and realistically, I think all of the liquidity that has been entering the market has largely been to the benefactor of assets, which in most circumstances, people who don't have $400 in the bank account don't have. So the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's a pretty depressing cycle if you're on the wrong end of it. But uh, yeah, this is, in my opinion, a really good representation why you should buy assets instead of liabilities for sure. Um, really staggering chart. I did give it a little bit of a, a look on the main uh, main uh, monitor there that, so people on YouTube can see it. So. Yeah, we've been talking about inflation for a while and uh, charts speak a lot louder than words, in my opinion. So pretty cool. Uh, well, no, I can't say cool. Pretty sad chart, but uh, it's cool if you're invested in BTC. Let's just say that. So uh, going on to the next news article for today, a study revealed a rising trend in BTC volume across Latin America amid the coronavirus in because of rising inflation, pushing individuals to purchase things like BTC even when they are at record high prices. Uh, so we do see other companies, not, or not, not other companies, other countries also basically create exposure into cryptocurrencies because they have no other option. Their native currency is devaluing so quick that they don't really have um, really a way to transact goods and services without them losing value. So then, like we saw entire nations like Venezuela, Turkey, Iran, individuals are doing something similar. If they can't trust in the native currency, they're going to use a substitute. They're going to use something that can hold their value a little bit better. So if we're seeing individual people make that transition in third world countries to blockchain, to let's say BTC or Dash or another cryptocurrency, you know, human psychology is human psychology. If the native currency is depreciating and devaluing, people are people. They're going to do generally the same things, right? So unless there's like some massive shift in one economy versus another, but 
if you're seeing these countries have massive inflation and then you see the next step being, oh, okay, massive influxes in BTC volume and, and demand, I kind of assume that it's going to be something similar when something like the world reserve currency starts to inflate at a point where uh, people are uncomfortable with holding it. So then that's going to be the point where, in my opinion, we're going to have that mass shift. But uh, pretty interesting to see that uh, local Bitcoin, uh, a peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin marketplace is seeing substantial increases in volume. Yeah, especially in these countries that are experiencing that kind of rapidly accelerating inflation, seeing real adoption. Uh, one thing that I do think is interesting about local Bitcoin is that it's safe in that it operates on an escrow smart contract. Uh, so local Bitcoins is basically the intermediary until it can confirm that both parties have sent the funds, in which case it will release it to the respective other. Super interesting application of that programmable money. So next story coming at you. This is maybe a celebrity crypto story, let's call it. I'm gonna, I've never been able to pronounce this correctly, but Antonopoulos, a crypto guy uh, who has super interesting talks on YouTube and Twitter, where he really just talks about like the fundamental usage of Bitcoin as a means of currency, rather than kind of talking about, oh, it could moon, like he's all technical. He's really into the tech and basically more or less the programming side of Bitcoin. And one thing that's interesting is that he recently slammed PayPal for their pseudo ownership that they offer. He thinks that when you buy Bitcoin through PayPal, you're not actually buying the asset, which is true. You're basically just buying financial exposure to Bitcoin's upside. Because of the way it's structured, you can't access that Bitcoin if you actually wanted to send or receive it to a private wallet. You can't use it to buy a local pizza if you wanted. You're really just locked into having that number on your PayPal account saying you own X amount of Bitcoin. So totally reasonable. I think me and Keith are in the same opinion here that these proxy ownerships that you see with PayPal, with Robinhood, with apps like Wealthsimple, it's a great way to get people on board and into the space, but it's not the best when you're actually looking at it from like a technical investment perspective. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's great for people who don't know too much about beat or like I said about blockchain and they just want that speculative exposure. But if you truly understand what a hedge against inflation and currency proliferation is, then you do want to own your BTC and whatever altcoins you have because at the end of the day, um, when sh let's say shit hits the fan, you don't want to rely on PayPal to provide you with the BTC that you've been holding. You want to depend on yourself, right? That, that, in my opinion, that's like the best way to uh, make sure that uh, you are well hedged. Don't rely on other people, rely on yourself. And the best way to do that, get a hardware wallet, buy it from an exchange, store it within that ledger or treasure, whatever you have. And uh, then you can actually own it. You can see it. It's within your grasp. You don't have to ask PayPal, hey, can you send me BTC? They, they, I don't even think they'd actually do that. All they care about is the speculativeness and when you got in and when you got out. And then basically you're just really trading an asset and you're not really owning it. So I uh, definitely agree with Palm on that one. Uh, I also definitely think that 
if you don't know anything about him, he's definitely a really good person to learn more about in terms of the uh, actual technology behind blockchain. He's really well versed in it, very knowledgeable. If you don't know about Pomp, I definitely suggest uh, getting a deep dive. We don't have to read everything he says, but uh, definitely a person to look up to in my opinion. So to go on to the next topic of the day, I found this extremely interesting. Um, Trump is actually considering clemency for Silk Road founder. Um, to be completely honest, I was actually pretty shocked when I heard this, but uh, the name Ross, I, I'm going to butcher his last name, I'm just going to call him Ross, but he was the former founder and administrator for the world's most famous dark net drug market, Silk Road, and uh, he was... Uh, he, he's been a criminal and uh, he was sentenced to life, but uh, Trump is actually trying to get him out uh, and really actually trying to create a little bit of criminal justice. And uh, I didn't know about this. Nathan actually told me is uh, he's actually creating some reforms within the reg regulations within the government, uh, I guess, laws to actually help people who are criminalized, which I had no idea. Um, no, no news articles are actually explaining this. So I found this very intriguing. Yeah, there, there's been a lot. I mean, hate it or love it, Trump's had a legendary presidency. He's done shit that we never expected he would do. He's really just, it feels like a TV comedy show. I'm Canadian, so I don't really have a very strong investment in American politics other than tracking the U.S. dollar. But within the realm of what Trump has achieved, I think he did make some pretty significant grounds within the world of prison reform, unfair trials, and it looks like the legal team representing Ross Ulbrich, I believe is how you pronounce it, uh, they're basically pitching to Trump that he should grant clemency. And Trump has granted clemency to a lot of different criminals, and basically that just gets them out of their life sentence where it's no longer guaranteed to be life, but I do think he would still serve time in jail. I'm not really sure on the specifics of what exactly it could look like if approved and granted by President Trump, but time's a ticking. He's only the president for 16 more days as of time of recording, December 15th. Speaking of which, as of December 15th, Grayscale, one of basically forefronters of cryptocurrency at this moment in time. They now have $13 billion in crypto for assets under management, which is absolutely insane. Some of their holdings include the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust having $10.82 billion. Ethereum's trust is at $1.72 billion. So definitely those two are the largest contributors. But they also offer different products like Horizon, Litecoin, Ethereum Classic, XRP, Shitcoin, Stellar Lumens, and Zcash. So Grayscale doesn't stop making moves, and they're really playing the game of accumulation with all this buying they're doing. Yeah, pretty unbelievable. Um, I also did see something you may or may not know. They actually own Coindesk, so they even own the... I guess, news story provider for a lot of retail traders and investors. So uh, they really have their fingers in the entire crypto sphere, it seems like, as well as making sure that they are well invested before this massive bull market. So 
Uh, definitely keep an eye out for Grayscale. They are a publicly traded company. So if you are looking to invest in a equity that uh, provides you some exposure within the crypto realm, that definitely is an option. It's, it's very well traded. It has high volume. So unlike other, I guess you could say funds or uh, even single equities, I would say Grayscale has a lot more liquidity. So then if you are a short-term trader, that definitely is uh, a potential opportunity for you to trade Grayscale. So um going to be talking about the next topic, going to be talking about the ledger scam. Uh, they are, well, I guess individuals that are using ledgers are receiving emails that have basically letting them know that they have a data breach in the ledger live hardware wallet. And then they say, please, you know, follow these steps in order to receive your funds back in short uh, your funds could be risk of theft so they are the scammers are trying to tell the ledger owners that they're getting scammed but then the whole setup itself is a scam so um they're getting smart with it like we always say if you're ever worried if you're ever curious about the email you received the dm you got or anything that is any level of uh suspect or you're suspicious Always, always ask another person if you maybe don't know someone in real life, join our Discord and there will always be someone to help you out, get a second opinion and uh, it really doesn't hurt and it could potentially save you from losing all your crypto. 100% is better safe than sorry. If you're ever at a position where you have to consider of, hey, maybe this isn't the safest thing to do, talk to someone. We'd love to uh, hear what's going on in the wild, wild west with seen most scams how they operate and unfortunately we have seen a lot of people fall victim to these scams so to end the episode on a little bit more of a positive note uh, this isn't the largest company in the world they have only have 620 million dollars in assets but a uk-based investing firm called rougher investment company uh, has announced that it has allocated 2.5 percent of its portfolio to bitcoin which is a pretty hefty percentage proportional to their entire portfolio. And to quote, this is primarily a defensive move, one made in November after reducing the company's exposure to gold, which is a super interesting take on it because basically they, they're dumping old gold for new gold, hopping on that crypto train, uh, Super interesting to see this paradigm shift happen at that institutional level, to see a multi-hundred million dollar firm say, see you later to gold and pick up some Bitcoin. It's like that DJ Khaled meme that was posted on TikTok recently. It's like, another one, <laughs> another one, another exactly. one. These institutions are accumulating. It's supply-demand, baby. It's a very bright and optimistic future for Bitcoin as we continue down this trajectory of inflation. So I think that will be the end of this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Really tried to hit some diverse stories today. If you have any suggestions or content that you want to see, let us know. We're reachable on Discord, YouTube comments, Instagram DMs. You can even email us. You know how to reach us, and I'll pass it off to Keith to wrap it all up. All right. Uh, Nathan said it really well. Thank you very much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, hopefully you are enjoying these daily podcasts. Uh, we're definitely having fun making them uh, with just being up to date with some of the fundamentals that are coming out as well. Just being able to talk crypto with uh, 
you know, good friends and, and people listening and uh, it's all really good fun. So thank you very much. Don't really have much more to add than what Nathan said. Uh, we will be coming out with a TA video here uh, this week as well. So stay tuned for that. Dollar is looking like it's going to take another move to the downside, which then obviously means that risk on environments and risk on sentiment will continue. So uh, in short, I think BTC and really all of crypto as well as equities are going to be moving to the upside. And it will be interesting to see if gold will actually come back to life. It's still not doing great. It even took a deeper dive than when we last spoke about it. So um, yeah, there have been fund managers and really uh, significant people in the financial space who are saying that gold is going to get beaten down. So uh, it'd be interesting to see, for example, people like Peter Schiff try to rebuttal that and uh, give his two cents why BTC is shit and why gold is so good. But we are seeing people like Ruffer Investments or companies like Ruffer Investments uh, allocate more money into BTC and less money into gold. So we are seeing these institutions actually uh, play out that theory that BTC is the gold 2.0. So um, sorry, Peter, if you're listening, but uh, I believe that is true as well. Hopefully he's listening. That'd be really cool. But uh, anyways, that's going to be the end for the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, have a good one, traders.